The Riverdale Register is brought to you by Red Raven Rum, because red is Cheryl's hair color and Raven is Veronica's hair color. Oh, hail our fair Riverdale Register. Hello. <laughs> and everyone, and then welcome. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's been a, it's been a week since we've done this, and I'm confused. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> I understand the three-star reviews. Um, welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Riverdale Register. My name is Caitlin. My name is John. I'm loving whatever made this happen just now. <laughs> I think I just got nervous. It's weird, because there's literally no reason to be nervous, because if we wanted to, no one could ever hear that. Right. So I could say anything. But I got nervous. I'm sorry. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Or is it the Ides of March? Um, yeah, that actually is. You know what's funny? Watching this in February, didn't even question that that was weird. <laughs> like, until just now. I was like, oh, yeah, no, of course it's oh, March. Oh, yeah, that's a full 30 days ahead of us. But do you know why? Because living in L.A., I, I always think it's either March or October. Like, that's my thing in my brain. Because the weather is always so consistent, it's always kind of, like, temperate. It's always March or You think it's always early spring mm-hmm. or mid-fall. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it can be really hot at either time, and it can be really cold at either time. Especially in Los Angeles. Right. And really cold is, like, 50 degrees. Right. So. And really hot is... Like, very hot, actually. Well, yeah. Really like, hot. the summer, you know when it's the summer. Yeah, you do know when it's the summer, but you also have those freak days where it's, like, 100 degrees, but it's, like, any time. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. you guys don't live there, probably, <laughs> so that's... Fun. I love... Really insular Los Angeles <laughs> shit in all of my entertainment. That's why I was watching you season two last night with Ian because um, he had never seen it. And like literally, I was like, that's the Walgreens right by the arc light. <laughs> and he's like, you don't have to point this out. <laughs> well, yeah, there's a point when they're at home, mm-hmm. which is like in our neighborhood. Exactly. And I'm like, oh, they put them at the display table. How nice for so them. Nice. Perfect. Oh, it's so great. I wanted to tell you actually, one of the. Um, the friend who gives Joe acupuncture in yes. season two yes. is in Arrow in its last I season this. as like a future, like he's in the future and he is a murderer. He's a monster. Oh no. I guess that acupuncture didn't work didn't, on him. Didn't go great. Oh no. Uh, that's a Greg Berlanti universe thing mm-hmm. probably, right? That oh yeah, sense. probably. You know, he likes people. He likes people. He likes certain people yeah. when you're using them. Yeah. Hey, we did oh. get a new review. We did? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you want to read it or should I? I'm going to read it this time. Okay. Because I know I already read it in my brain. I check our reviews every single day. You asked me how often I check it. I think I said twice a week. That's a lie. It's every day. That's <laughs> it's so every healthy. Single day. I know. <laughs> this is from Wisco Girl 89 and the subject line is A+. Um, I never write podcast reviews, but after listening to this past episode, I felt compelled to. I could have listened to John talk about fencing for a solid 45 minutes. That's all. You two are great, and I love listening to your pod. <laughs> Thank you. Beth, uh, Beth texted me after she listened to it. She was like, you yeah. know what? You did you did pretty good. I mean, you did I will me. say, we don't need to wear the gray jackets or vests. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they're only for electronics, and that's not how they were using them in... Uh, you know, we have oh, electronic yes. scorecard versus in the show where it was just DuPont going, I guess that's a point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, you could have told me anything I would have believed you. So You're right. I should I should do that more often. I mean, maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. But, but. <laughs> it's, that's a good point. Uh, yeah. I'm a monster. 
Men are terrible. Hey, Caitlin, tell me about the title to this episode. Oh, Both yeah. the actual thing and the George Clooney movie. Um, I don't remember the George Clooney. Wait, I do. The one with Ryan Gosling. Eyes of March. I saw that film. I saw that film. I know exactly where I was. Ever into what is in that movie. I didn't do any research because I forgot that that was a movie. <laughs> Um, so let's start with what the Ides of March, the Ryan Gosling, George Clooney movie is based on. So it's based on the event in the Roman calendar where Julius Caesar is assassinated. Classic. He's stabbed by a bunch of people. He goes E2 Brutus to his best friend Brutus Mm -hmm. because Brutus also sucks. Oh. Um, and then there's this George Clooney movie that I did see. Can remember exactly the moment, uh, when I saw it, know exactly (laughs) what it's about. Uh-huh. Just forgot that it existed. Right. Um, it's one of those movies. But why? Why can't I find it on Wikipedia? Oh does my it exist? Oh, no, it does. Um, the Eyes of March is a 2011 American political drama film directed by George Clooney from a screenplay written by Clooney and a couple of other people. Uh, <laughs> Grant Heslov and Bo Willimon. Dude, that's the guy who did um, House of Cards. Really great. Really great. Um, but have you ever seen the poster where Ryan Gosling is holding a Time magazine yes. and it's half George Clooney's face and you realize that they actually do kind of look a lot alike? Uh-huh. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, but it's basically about like a guy who is like all gung ho for, um, a, like a governor trying to be the Democratic candidate. candidate, which is actually, this is a very appropriate time to do this thing. And then they learn like, all these, like, things about him that are bad, and he's like, oh, no, that's bad. <laughs> like, you know, like, it's, an, uh-huh. it's a political film. Um, and I honestly, I did see this film. I know... Here's a bad thing. Oh, no, that's bad. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a lot of, like, a don't meet your heroes sort of thing, or, like, don't idolize your... Does anyone get murdered in that one? Yeah, that's a really... Yes... Um, somebody dies. I don't want to spoil it. I don't think it's necessarily... It's Jughead. It's Jughead. Weirdly, <laughs> that's where this all converges. Guys, spoiler alert for this episode. Jughead dies. He does not die. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's call a spade a spade here. Jughead is 100% alive. <laughs> right? He is. He is 100% alive. Um... We we do see his dead body. I have so many theories about what's happening. None of the theories that I have make Jughead a person I'd ever want to be friends with again. <laughs> so I'm not really sure <laughs> how Jughead, like, if he is alive. <laughs> he's either... If he's alive, Betty is going to kill him. Yeah, if he's alive and Betty's not in on this... Okay, here's my thought. If he's alive... And Betty knows that, and this was part of Betty's plan or something with Jughead, and they didn't tell Veronica and Archie, they are the worst fucking people alive, and they deserve each other, and they should go have a spinoff show, because I would never forgive them, ever. Fuck you. There's no reason that they shouldn't be informed of this. Like, fuck you. This episode is written by Chrissy Marin and Evan Kyle, and I, I think this is actually kind of awesome, uh... 
Chrissy was a writer's PA and then a script coordinator, and this is her first ever uh, television writing credit. Yay! That's awesome. Congratulations. Evan Kyle was a writer's production assistant and a writer's assistant, and this is his first television episode. Yay! Congratulations, guys. I really liked it. Yay! Awesome for both of them. John never says this, so this is great. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, so I guess that either they're a writing team, but more likely they were paired. They were paired for together. Episode. Yeah. Probably. Congratulations, guys. This episode was directed by Claudia Yarmi. Claudia was a script supervisor, which is someone on set who's checking to make sure they got all the shots they had to, to correctly she actually, convey the no, story. No, no, she just supervises the script. Someone has one copy she, of the she script. She keeps an eye on the script to make sure it's going to be safe. Uh, this is her first episode of Riverdale, but she did direct two episodes of Manifest, an episode of All Rise, <gasps> an episode Manifest. of Nancy Drew, an episode I love of Charmed, Lethal Weapon, and five episodes of Lucifer. I know that's the one you were waiting for, but I fucking love Manifest. I point the mouth on me today. I, <laughs> right? I, I think I, I said the, the F word a lot. I, honestly, I have... I don't notice when people do it. Okay. <laughs> it means fine. nothing to me. Okay. Uh, Caitlin, where would you like, like to start? Noting that... The party and all that is going to be its own separate section. The end. We got Archie, Veronica, Cheryl, and a classic Jughead Betty mess around. Okay, let's let's do Cheryl because the plot. Woo! Okay. So Cheryl and Tony are alone at the Maple Club when they get a call about a high roller who's super into maple rum, specifically. It's just rum. That's it. It's not like a code word. She just wants to buy she, some alcohol. Right, she just fucking loves rum and has got to get into on this one specific brand of rum that's sold out of this one location in this small town. Because it kind of seems like they're selling Tony and Cheryl. <laughs> and it makes me a little uncomfortable. Cheryl sends Tony to seduce this woman. And also problematic. It's, it's, it's Hermosa in a wig. Like, she looks good. Sure. Yeah. But it's like... Clearly, Hermosa. You know what? Just feel like Veronica told everyone about this person. The sapphic energy in these scenes. I like was like, oh, this is great. Except then I remember that they're in high school, right? And right. then I felt terrible. Because yeah, it's just like it's like I don't know how to describe this. It's 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 almost porn. It's like so close. It's so purposefully titillating that yeah. I feel bad. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh no. Ooh. Like, they are still supposed to be in high school. Tony and this woman are like, you wanna you wanna get out of here? And Tony's like, not yet, but tomorrow meet me here again with my friend. Somehow we have to do this. It's oh. a two night thing at Le bon Nut. So the only thing that Le bon I... Nut becoming a dance club has made the show much sexier. Yeah. I, but there's also a different club that is actually... Right. Like now there's summer. a speakeasy yeah. as opposed to this speakeasy. speakeasy. Right. And the speakeasy, the second speakeasy is also like a former brothel. <laughs> I just feel like... Pops upstairs feel like... Wop, 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 wop. <laughs> Seeing sexy teens walk in and out of the store and he's like, anyone want to get a burger? Oh. Anyone want to order anything up here? I remember the old days when people just came here to eat fries <laughs> and milkshakes. I, I preferred it when sometimes murderers would arrive in the middle of the night and leave snakes in boxes. Oh, this yeah. is chaos. <laughs> oh yeah, that was weird. That was a weird thing. And if Pops is 24 hours, is Labone not 24 hours? No, there's no way. 
Who's, so. who's there at 6 o'clock in the morning? I don't know. Or better yet, who's there at like 10 o'clock in the morning? I don't know. 6 o'clock in the morning, you can still be I don't know. Anyway, the next day, Hermosa in a wig meets up with Tony. They sexy dance to Dua Lipa. <laughs> They do do that. Cheryl enters, and they have a very sexy three-way but dance. But just dancing. And then Cheryl invites her back to fuck with some rum. Uh, Unclear what they were doing here the whole time. And then they cut back to the Maple Club, where the fully clothed bartender tells Veronica that they're coming. I'm glad that they gave that woman a job at the same location. Yeah. But <laughs> this does kind of give up that Veronica's about to crash their whole meeting before... It she happens, does. and well, like it would have worked either way. Yeah, but also, what is the meeting? Well, uh, Veronica calls it an ambush, mm. so she yeah. can look at her f- sister and say, "Yeah, we knew it was you. You were in the paper." Also, I'm your sister. I, like, <laughs> I, you're famously a private investigator, and I knew is- you were in town. Is she a private investigator? She just had dinner. No, no. She has said that she was a private investigator. That's never come into anything since. She That was just like a thing where it's like, oh, yes, I do this thing in Florida. Here, I don't know what I do. She also runs rum Mm -hmm. clubs in Florida. Yes. She's got a lot of free time. Yeah. Imagine what this girl was doing in high school. I, listen, I commend this episode for having a memory. Mm-hmm. Like, That's the true. writer's PA and the, and the script coordinator were like, yes, we've read every script. We've printed out a million copies of them. This is what happened, X, Y, and Z, and we're going to use those into this plot. They're like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, remember that time? <laughs> Hermosa, do you remember that time that your dad was exonerated, walked out and said, hi, this is my secret daughter. I'm running for mayor? Because it was is in he- the paper. And we remember. Is he mayor? Yes. Is he still mayor? He's still mayor. Okay. You watch the show, right? I don't know if the show watches the show. <laughs> these writers watch the these show. These writers watch the show. We should have these writers on to talk about their first episode of Riverdale and also what it's like to watch the whole show. Mm, I would love to talk to them. Yeah. If you guys listen to this, which you don't, but maybe. If anyone would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Veronica uh, snaps... Hermosa's wig off, which is apparently all she needs to win. And uh, you know what? She's like... What was the game, though? Veronica even says, is my dad behind this? What is his game? What is he up to? And <laughs> and Hermosa's like, no, he's not. He's sick. And Hermosa reveals that she knew Hiram was sick before Veronica knew. That he was sick. And then Veronica's like, he trusted you over me? And she's like, you've been at rum war with him. Why why would he trust (laughs) you with anything? He also tried to kill your boyfriend. Yeah, he also has tried to murder multiple of your friends. And your dad also? I mean, and his dad? His own dad? Like her boyfriend's father. Yes. Who he's very upset is dead, considering he tried to murder him twice. Well, he's like Brett. You know, he thinks friendship is is going to war with someone. What if... At the end of the season, Hiram and Brett. Hiram's like, Brett, can I take you under my wing? Yeah, I think Hiram should hire Brett. Yeah, that would be great. Anything to have more Brett in this show. I love Brett. Brett. But that's the whole show arc, which turns out to be about Veronica all along. Beautiful. Anyway, mm-hmm. where are we going next? Wait, did Veronica? Yeah, okay. I honestly do think this is one of the best Veronica plots. 
so Hiram's hand is all shaky at breakfast, and he ends up spilling his tea, dropping the cup. And Veronica goes to help him. He's like, no, don't help me. But it's not that aggressive. And she's like, fine, I'll never help you with anything ever again. Walks immediately into school, finds Archie in the music room, which, oh yeah, there's a music room. Okay. And then they have sex it's right so there in the music room. It's so gross. Before, before, before uh, opening, before the first bell. I, we've been accused of not loving every ship equally before. I want to point out, I love all the ships. I find it a little gross that they would do this in school. Like, this is a place of learning. They're horny as fuck this episode. Yeah, this episode is like... They're horny on Maine. Like, leading, leaning into Veronica and Archie's sex life very hard. But also, like, the thing that sets Veronica off is her dad. Yes, that is Well, a- I can't anger of sex with my dad, so I guess we're going <laughs> to go anger of sex with my boyfriend. I really hate that. I hate that so much. Afterwards, she tells Archie that because they have such little time left together, they should live in the now and just have fun until the end of the school year. It's March. Yeah, (laughs) it's almost the end of the school year. It's spring break. And Archie's like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Archie. Honestly, like, okay, once we get to Archie's plot line, I have a lot of questions, but... Okay. I've never been more endeared to Archie than I've been this season. Like, this season. This has been pretty good for Archie for the most part. Yeah. I feel like the last couple episodes were a little bit like, what are we doing here? Right. Uh, but we're finally getting to the stuff that really the Black Hood stuff was pointing him towards midway through the season. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, do better. <laughs> um, Veronica and Archie go dancing. And they grab sodas. But Archie has to bail because he has to help with work the next day, and she's mad. Yeah, she's drunk, though. Yeah, she's drunk and selfish and... <laughs> it's she's not, but she's not in a great place, also. It, it right. checks out. Right. Yes. I guess I'm just confused because Hiram's a monster. And not that she can't have complicated feelings about the monster's death, but... You know, like, he's not, like, just, like, a shitty guy. Like, like, a killer who, like, tried to ruin her life and, like, hurt innocent people. Well, he's never tried to ruin her life. Uh, Not in his opinion. Not in his opinion. Right. But, I mean, like, I think putting Archie in prison kind of fucked with her. Yeah. And yet... Yeah. See, I still get it on that whole complicated feelings. I get the complicated He's also my father... Like, and and this episode makes pretty clear they both kind of really enjoy their their little stupid business war that they've been having. Yeah, they fucking love it. That's the only yeah. reason they keep doing it. And like We don't love it as much. No. Well, they love it. Viewed from this angle, I'm going to enjoy it a lot more, I think. I knowing, like that, knowing that it's just like a petty family thing instead of being like, why do you care so much? Be like, oh, this is just like your thing. Right. I like the idea of it being about how Hiram, it's almost like a gift to Hiram, as opposed to it being like a real business. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not... Now, now I'm not like, oh, she's like trying to be a businesswoman. I'm right. like, oh, she's just trying to bond with her dad by going to business war with him. Right. It's all very fucking weird, but it's okay. You know what? Veronica wears really great outfits in this episode, so... Yeah. Yes, that is also true. I have to give that to her. 
So uh, Mr. Honey enters the lounge and enters the student lounge around the time Veronica's like, wait, what was the question on the final? <laughs> Meaning she's, you know, not doing great in class right now either. And is like, Veronica, I found rum in your locker. And she's like, who let you search lockers, Gestapo, or something like that? <laughs> and he's like, I'm the principal. What are you talking about? <laughs> Veronica's like, gonna keep yelling at him until Archie's until Archie uh, claims the rum is his. I really like this Archie thing. Yeah, this is some like he's got nothing to lose. He was also like, honestly. <laughs> Uh, I've been through a lot. Yeah. Like, this is not going to affect me. <laughs> Have anyway. I told you about the bear yet? The bear, <laughs> yeah. It's actually two bears. I'm sorry, it's a bear and a man in a bear costume. <laughs> it should have been a bear in a human <laughs> costume. Mr. Honey has, like, nothing to to take from Archie. He's like, I guess detention, I'm going to call your mom. Archie's like, good luck, she's not in that many episodes <laughs> this season. She's in Chicago, Clearing up a case. <laughs> Back I with don't her know. second family. Veronica finds Archie in the science classroom. He's like, time to have sex again. Uh, and he's like, maybe, no, stop. What are you doing? What are you, like, seriously, what is she doing? Remember how he had an affair with his music teacher? I did. That's all I could think about when they were having sex in the music room. It's yeah. like, hey, this isn't his first time in that room. Definitely not. He had sex with the music teacher in that room. Veronica, you don't want to think about that. No. <laughs> No. It's did gross. she ever meet Miss Grundy? I guess she did. Yeah, she and she and Betty like teamed up to expose Miss Grundy. Right, 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 right. Remember season one? No. Honestly. It was fun though. So Archie later visits Veronica at home. Tells her he's worried about her and she's pushing people away and she's like, Well, dad's dying. And he didn't even tell her. And she feels lost. Yeah, and he didn't tell her first. I kind of think it's actually um I don't want to say complimentary that he didn't tell her, but I feel like he probably didn't tell her not because he loves her less, but because he loves her most. Or he just always wants her her to see him as strong, yeah, commanding, right, but virile, I, uh, because they want to have sex with each other. I hate that you say these things, <laughs> but I think, but I do think that's the reason. Like, I think she's offended that he didn't tell her. Like, oh, it says something about their relationship. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like. Who are you not going to tell the person that? He doesn't want her to think less of him or Mm -hmm. find him weak in any way. Because he loves her the most. Mm -hmm. Or definitely has some fucked up. He wants to make love with it. Oh my god, it's so (laughs) gross. Stop. I hate it so much. Archie tells her that the worst part about his own father's death was that he couldn't say goodbye. Because he didn't know it was coming. Yeah. And she has the luxury of knowing how much time she has left and making the most of it. And potentially... Using this time to help him fight by making him, I don't know, feel more alive. Yeah, it makes sense. And she responds to this by walking into family breakfast the next day with a poster board and giving a presentation on how great uh, her Red Raven rum is. Better than Lodge rum and better than Lodge spiced rum. Red Raven rum now available at your local secret speakeasy rum store. (laughs) I just, like, is this like a nationwide brand? (laughs) Like, how, like, it's not like McDonald's versus Burger King. Cheryl Blossom shut down her entire syrup manufacturing plant to make rum instead. So, like, this has to be, like, a, like, her business is national, right? Did they get, like, written up in, like, Business Insider or Fortune or anything? Like, she has a poster board at breakfast, Caitlin. Right. What more do you need? How is she doing this? This would be a big fucking deal. Maybe, maybe, maybe. On the next episode of Katie Keen, 
they're all drinking Red Raven <laughs> rum in their in their little New can York uh, apartment. Can you believe this was invented? Oh my god, my friend made this. By Veronica Lodge, 17-year-old Veronica Lodge. She's such a powerful businesswoman now. I, yeah, I actually, I would love it if they just, like, rattled off some, like, insane fact about, like, the kids on Riverdale. It would be really funny if in the second episode of Katie Keene someone's like, oh, I just got a call from Jughead. He's alive. <laughs> <laughs> what? Runs from the camera. <laughs> he wanted to tell you that he's still here. Veronica gives this whole presentation, and it turns Hiram on professionally. Oh, Jesus Christ. Hermione and Hermosa are yelling at me, like, you, you shouldn't be antagonizing your father like this. And Veronica's like, hey, this is the only thing that's going to make him actually have the fight to live. They're like, sure. Yeah. Sure. All right. I like it. I hate it, but I like it. It's more aware of her relationship with her father than most things. I'm just really hoping that Hiram... I don't even care if he dies. I just want him gone. I wish that when Gina Torres told her to break up with her father, (laughs) she had, and that this knowledge of him dying was the thing that drew her back. But, like, she'd actually moved out of the house and everything. Yeah. Instead of just giving lip service to it. Yeah. She needs a few more therapy sessions. Yeah. Go see Gina Torres. Yeah. You're clearly dealing with something. So, where do you want to go next? Archie. Okay. I feel like we layer on all the Betty Jughead things. So, Archie's getting up real early. I'm talking 445. <laughs> he's making coffee and getting donuts for the boys down at the crew site, which apparently he's been doing for months now. That's a very early Like, time. he's running this business. No idea. <laughs> uh, Monroe's mom is watching the gym, which is only funny because Archie's mom said she would help out at the gym. <laughs> And she has not once. Uh, but she thinks Archie's going to have great prospects for college. Just does he, kidding. Caitlin? No, he does not. <laughs> he, he has no prospects No prospects. College. He didn't apply to any colleges. And he goes to Mr. Honey says, is it too late to apply to colleges? Mr. Honey goes, it's March. <laughs> My favorite thing about I don't know if you knew this, but the Ides of March are on Friday. <laughs> My favorite thing about this is that Mr. Honey is living in the real world as opposed to, well, it is March. But there are a couple of colleges that are still accepting applications. Right. They slides over a pamphlet for Riverdale University. Mr. Honey moved to a town that makes zero sense to him and is like, yes. I'm just going to be an oasis of normalcy here. You know you can't apply to college. It's March. It's March. He also... Your grades are terrible. You're probably not graduating with your class. I want to know what his grades are. Terrible. If you get, not good enough. If you get all the amount you need to graduate on time, they're below. If you get all D's, can you graduate? I have no idea. Like I honestly don't know. I, that you was get never straight. Listen, D's. in my house growing up, that was never an option. Oh, that was never a fucking option yeah. in the Riley household either. And then he's like, "Mr. Honey, can I like walk with my friends? Because it's a huge emotional moment for all of us." And he goes, "Hmm." No. I kind of agree with him. Yeah. I kind of agree with him. I was like, am I just like a heartless person? But no, but he's like, I feel like walking across the stage of graduation is an empty gesture. Don't you agree? And I was like, I do. Yeah. You can attend. You can be in the audience. Yeah, I agree. I think it is an empty gesture because then what? You you didn't earn it. I'm sorry. Sorry. Sucks to suck. Mm Mm-hmm. Sorry. Hiram walks into the El Royale and... He says he's joining the gym, to which Archie should know he has the option of saying, no, 
you tried to murder me. What he actually You sent says, me to jail. He's like, don't you have a nice gym at the Pembroke, and don't you belong to Solstice? <laughs> Is that like Equinox? Is he definitely Equinox. Yeah. So there's an Equinox like look-alike in Riverdale. Equinox is like the super fancy gym that all the rich people belong to. It's actually not as expensive as I thought in LA. It is expensive. I'm sure you'll get there. I'll get there. I mean, actually, I do get a discount to, to work. To, to be able to level up your gym from Crunch to Equinox would be pretty huge. I don't want anymore. That's that. what I'm saying. Yeah. You can go somewhere else now. Yeah. I mean, I could like do it with a discount from work, but like it would be a lot of money. And mm-hmm. also, it's far from my house. Yeah, it's not convenient. Yeah, it's not convenient. It's not It's not as bad as you think it is, but it's not great. But the idea that in the small town of Riverdale, there is a high-end gym called Solstice is... Hilarious. Insane. Hilarious. You, this town morphs. Like, it's not a small town. It is a city at this <laughs> point, if it has all of these things. Do they have a mall? They have not gone to a mall. They should have a mall. Hiram should have built a fucking mall. Like, instead of you, a prison? Instead of a prison. It would bring in a lot more money. Yes, and then you don't have to do like a bunch of shady shit. And you shit. can still sell drugs out of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my mall definitely... There was definitely drugs being sold out of my mall. Idiot. Well, he's building a theme park, though. Like, I let know, him, that's let him get. That's why there's a solstice. There's going to be all these nice hotels right around Hiram Land once it's all up and running. Nice gym while so, you're staying there. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. It's going to be really expensive to go to, to go to Hiram Land. You know, Disneyland is now over $200 a day. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, I don't think all the time, but I think... Even yeah. for us? Um, unless... We have the, the SoCal discount, right? But I think it's just like a day ticket is oh, like $200. Yeah. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. I mean, at that point, you might as well buy the SoCal thing. Mm-hmm. It's like to go three times a year, it would pay for itself. Yeah, I don't, I don't go three times a year. Then because I'd have to is the idea. Yeah, the idea is you would have to. Hiram Land much more affordable. <laughs> we'll see. Hiram says that he's gotten away from himself. He's gotten weak, wearing suits, but no more weakness now, and no more suits either. Yeah, he. He looks amazing. He looks fantastic. I'm not really sure what the... Incredible. Yeah, I'm not really sure what the problem is. Like, why is he complaining? Because he's got a neuromuscular disorder, so he thinks if his muscles are bigger, his mind will be bigger, and then he won't die. He'll live forever. But are we supposed to believe that he thinks that he's, like, slacked at the gym? No, I think it's, like... If, if you're a guy who's gotten in really good shape by going to the gym, you know that that's something that you can control in your life. And he's feeling out of control with this illness. I do get this. So, this is relatable. Concept. So he, by, he's like, maybe if I change my gym, get more of my roots as like, an, mm-hmm. like being in something a bit shittier and down to earth. What if I went to a mm-hmm. less good gym? It, but it's him taking control of his life. Yes. If, yes. And maybe all the other gyms were like, hey, maybe don't work out with your neuromuscular disorder. <laughs> He's like, the teen gym won't, won't ask these questions. <laughs> the teen gym. And no Archie's, Archie's like, what's a neuromuscular disorder? <laughs> Fortunately, you're working out at my gym, Mr. Lodge. Oh, you tried to murder me several times? Here, let me spot you while you do this bench press. It would be so easy for him to just, like, let a dumbbell fall on this man's head. Just, woo! Like, just think about it. Like, who would question it? <laughs> Who would be sad? Yeah, FP would walk in and go, it was an accident. Honestly, Archie should look into these possibilities. Well, he's already walked up to Hiram with an opportunity to murder him and said, no, I'm better than that. And then, you know, more bad things keep happening to him. Right, 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 yes. Archie asks Hiram of all people for business advice. 
Like, crimes like commit white collar crimes. Uh, money laundering, have you considered that? Archie says he's not as good at Veronica at running businesses and doing well in school, which my, is very funny. My favorite part of it was I thought so like as though it's like a normal thing to like run multiple businesses as like a high school. It's a lot of teens running multiple businesses yeah. in this town. Our, Jughead ran the cult. I mean not the cult, the the, the gang. The, the serpents, the gang. Is writing a novel. Betty she doesn't. She has a newspaper, but she does a bunch of investigations. They all have like jobs, jobs they should be paid for. Yeah, but they're not. Mm-mm. No, instead Tom Keller jumps from job to job. Oh, so sad. <laughs> Hiram suggests Archie either sell off Andrew's construction or the gym, and Archie's like, "But my dad's name is on Andrew's construction." Hiram's like, "You also put his name on the gym, <laughs> so you, there's still a business with your dad's name on it." Uh, so Archie meets up with Mr. Keller and tells him he wants to sell the construction company and use the money to pay Tom to work at the gym. And he's so happy. And Tom Keller's like, a job for me? I've been unemployed for so long. Don't tell Kevin. He's not going to college. (laughs) Yeah, that NYU money is not coming in. Oh my God. So sad. Why did Tom (laughs) Keller sit there in the diner and me knowing for sure it's not going to work out for him? Archie. Archie's 100% the reason Kevin doesn't get to go to NYU. Yes. It is his fault. Archie has his pen out to sell Andrew Construction. His It's on the signature line when he looks at the sign and goes, you know what? No, I can't do it. This guy, Vic, who probably bet like a lot of his future on me, like, and now I'm going to run the company. Honey, I've got so many dreams for this. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do amazing. we got a contract to build an entire theme park. <laughs> and, and Tom was probably like, I'm going to send my son to college. It's finally happening. And then Archie goes, nah. It sucks. It's my dad's name. Oh, I don't actually think that uh, that Fred really loved this construction company either. I feel like this He was... spent as much of his time at home as possible not yeah. doing construction. He didn't want this for Archie. Well, actually, no. At first he said he did he want did this. He did want this for Archie. He did. He wanted it for Archie in the first season, and then I feel like... He... He, listen, he gave up on Archie somewhere <laughs> around season two. When he started working with Hyam, he's like... I just want the kid not to die. Right. Like, we're, we're off of the whole future thing. I just need him to get through the week. Well, at first it was like, I want you to work construction. I want you to play football to go to college to go back to the construction company. And then it was like, I want to play music. And then he joined a gang and it was confusing. Right. And then there was the fascism period. Yeah. And yeah. Then, you know, jail. So right. uh, times were tough. Yeah. <laughs> so... Instead, Archie has kept it and signed on Tom Keller as foreman for a reduced salary. Oh my god, that's awful. Tom Keller. (laughs) Tom Keller said it would be fine if I made him $30 a week. He doesn't have any other options, so he said it was fine. Like, is this guy okay? I would murder Is he getting enough to eat? He kind of looks pale. He looks tired. I don't. I don't he's, his hair has gone stark white. It really has. I was like, this. Probably because he's working eighteen jobs at any given time. <laughs> I would love it if in that scene he's got a side gig as a Facebook moderator. They, they he puts on his hat and works behind the grill at Pops at, <laughs> after his meeting with Archie. 
And that's all the time I got. Later on, he goes downstairs and serves soda to all the kids at the bar. Oh, poor Tom Geller. I would watch a CWC series about his jobs. I just want to know if Kevin knows what's going on with his dad. No, Kevin is the one making the most money in the Keller family. He's right. making the Tick Link videos. Right. If, oh, if they had brought that up as a thing going on with Kevin... That his family was broke because his dad kept getting fired from jobs, and that's why he did the tickling thing. Life of Kevin episode, I And love then it. his dad would be like, don't do the tickling thing. <laughs> and then he would do the tickling thing. He'd be like, how much money are you making in the tickling thing? Oh. Don't degrade yourself, son. And then, did they like middle-aged ticklers? Or? If they look like Tom Keller, I feel like they might like middle-aged Fine. ticklers. I think he would be the one being tickled. He seems like he has a nice laugh. <laughs> what is it that they called uh, Nick St. Clair? A squealer. I honestly hate that. <laughs> That's like some deliverance shit or something. It's not great. <laughs> well, Archie tells Veronica that he won't be able to walk with them at graduation, but he has a plan. And not like a, like a Jughead plan where you never hear what it is. His plan with that. is to go to summer school, get his diploma, take a skip year, and apply for college in the spring. That's very reasonable. That's a reasonable plan. Yeah. Good for you, Archie. Then they get a text from Betty inviting them to the Stonewall party, and they're like, oh, yeah, we have two other friends. <laughs> Where have they been? We haven't seen them since that time we burned Jason's body in the river. Honestly, I don't think they've actually been in a scene together in, like, four episodes. Yeah. And that's the end of Archie's plot. <sighs> so we're going into the... We gotta go into the deep end. Yeah. So you separated a classy Jughead and Betty mess around? From the Midsummer Night's Dream Euphoria party? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Euphoria party. Have you actually watched Euphoria yet? No, I don't think that's mine. I think you're okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to just say it. I think you're okay. I think you'd hate it. That, that I, checks out. I want you to watch it so we can talk about it, but like, I don't want you to watch it because I don't want bad things for you. That's nice. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks. So watch it. Watch the first episode. We'll talk about it. Oh. I mean, your mind. <laughs> if you want to watch I it, I want to not have to add another thing to my watch list. That's fine. Then it's fine. Everyone wants me to watch Sabrina. I mean, Euphoria and Sabrina have some overlapping themes. I can't tell you what they are. Satan? It depends on how you feel about Jacob Ellerty's character in Euphoria. Oh. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. Cool. So it's Monday, and DuPont is telling Jughead that he's out of squill. <laughs> it's Which, just funny. Yeah, that makes sense. See, you spelled what, it because I let What, because I let Betty into the Sanctum Sanctorum? Yes, it's a secret society, <laughs> Jughead. It's all we got. Also, Sanctum Sanctorum is a weird spot to drop a Doctor Strange reference. I don't know. Like it's his home. Oh, interesting. Also, I love how you spelled squill with a K instead of a Q. I honestly changed my mind squill. randomly. I think it's squill with a Q. It's the same pronunciation. Skill. 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 Oh, in my head, it's pronounced the same. Skill. I'm having fun. Uh, he also lost the Baxter Bros contract, not because of the bet with Brett last episode. Apparently, that meant nothing. <laughs> because his failure to deliver satisfactory materials by this coming Friday, to which he's like... The Ides of the March. The Ides of March? I so that's a holiday? <laughs> oh, famously known holiday, the Ides of March? I, Wait a second. We didn't... I, I still have time. What are you talking about? What an arbitrary day. To deliver a book they, by. These Stonewall kids fucking love that time Caesar was murdered. 
Yeah, fuck. So I really want to have an Ides of Can we have an Ides of March party? Sure. I think we do should. Do we have to dress up in togas and stuff? Let's just go to Candy Pop. I oh, think it'll oh so you just want to go to Candy Pop. Right, right. Like, you need an excuse? I never need an excuse. But we could dress up in togas at Candy Pop. That'd be fun. Yeah, it would be fun. And then when everybody asks what's happening, we'd be like, it's the Ides of March. <laughs> and then we <laughs> like, stab them. Right. It'll be fun. We won't be allowed back, but it'll be fun. Jughead decides that the only reasonable solution is to write an entire novel by Friday. The best novel ever, so he can keep his contract. Good luck. As a writer, I find Jughead's um, relationship with writing insufferable. I use that word a lot, mostly to describe myself. Uh Uh-huh. But Jughead is the fucking worst. Like... Who has that much confidence in themselves? No writer on this planet believes in themselves as much as Jughead believes in himself. (laughs) But Jughead's also the only writer in this entire small town. And I feel like the moment he goes to, like, a city... Or anywhere Like, he goes to New York, he'll meet other writers and be like, oh. Oh, no. Mm. Not good. Wait until you uh, meet the kid. Imagine, Imagine Joe from you... Talking up a Jughead written book. Oh my god. Talking up? Yeah. Be like, oh, you want to bust? <laughs> you can't even say it. <laughs> you can't even say it. It's written by a teen who never takes off his beanie and lives in a small town where murders happen. Oh. I put it right up there with the greats. Oh my god. Oh, Joe. Joe would hate Jughead so much, I think. Or would they get along, actually? I'm not sure. I think... Joe would kill Jughead. <laughs> eventually. Eventually. This fucking guy. <laughs> trying to do he it. He decided twice. to write the book about Jughead's time at Stonewall. Well, first he calls so Betty. So all of his books are autobiographical. Yeah, he calls Betty. And he's like, you need to get down here so I can write a whole book. I need you to help me write a book. Which for her is like, I can't wait to sit on his bed while he types away. <laughs> it's very, Sometimes very ask me a question and I'll answer it and then back to the typing. <laughs> Ooh. Thank God she's not going anywhere for college so she doesn't have to think about anything. Also, random aside, because it's brought up really randomly too, there's having a party in the woods on Friday. Party in the woods on teen shows never end well. That's true. Never. So it's Tuesday. Jughead reads some of his new novel to his class. Ten pages. The chapter ends with him teasing what's going to happen in the next chapter. Which is not... I don't, I don't love that. Uh, DuPont says this won't save him. He says, but I'll have more tomorrow. Cool. Wednesday. Jughead reads more of his story about Jarhead and Bison. Jesus Christ. It's just the plot of the Halloween episode. And again... Enter the tease of what's going to happen in the next chapter. Dude, just end your chapter and write the next one. What are you talking about? I love how he's like, you're on the, you're the edge of your seat. You love this shit, don't you? I hope they don't. I hope they genuinely don't. I think Brett does. I think he's like, oh, he's trying so hard. I love it when he fights. Remember how they both lost the contest of like the best like short story earlier in the season? Right. Who won? Wasn't it the one of the other kids? It was, was Donna. Donna. Yeah. No, Donna won the perfect murder. Oh, yeah. Donna did win the perfect murder. Interesting. So she killed Jughead? Kind of. 
That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, she kind of did. It, it. We'll get there. DuPont gra- gathers the students around to tell them that Jughead has been accused of plagiarism. That was a scary voice. Show. The worst thing a writer could ever do. I think murdering someone is Yeah, like yeah, worst. I think there's still worse crimes. I think forcing your teacher to jump out a window is probably the worst crime. Mm, they the, plagiarized his murder. Right. <laughs> yeah. The short story that qualified him for Yale was written by another student. It's... The one who doesn't talk! That guy! What is his name? Ah. Uh, he, he really brought it, though, in this scene. Yeah, the, that actor him. was like... I <laughs> I believed him that Jughead stole his story. I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe Jughead did fucking this steal scene, the this story. This scene kind of ruled. Yeah. Jughead's like, no, you no, you didn't. I wrote it over the summer. Or, and he's like, I have it on my computer with a time span saying I wrote it two months ago. And Brett's like, yeah. And Jughead, your new computer? You what? didn't have that over the summer. Remember, I just got it for you. Because, buddy, I knew you needed it. I love uh, you. I love you, man. And he's like, no, the old computer. I didn't, like... I don't know if they intended all of that to be, to like, if they intended yeah. the computer thing to come back this way, but it's great. It's smart. Uh, his old computer's missing. Jughead accuses them of stealing it. And DuPont tells him he's going to be going in front of the disciplinary committee on Friday. But Friday is the Ides of March. <laughs> it's good how they play with time the whole time. <laughs> they really want you to know that this is all because they're going to kill Jughead like they killed Caesar. Like they're really bringing right. it back. It's just like, it's not spring break. Like the end of last season said it would be. It is no, the it's Ides not, of March. It's not spring break. Unless. It but it would have been really break. funny if that if the last season finale did flash forward and said the Ides of March. <laughs> Just kidding. I, I do think that it could be spring break. But they're in they're school. They're in school. So, but maybe Friday's the maybe, start. Maybe, yeah, this is the beginning of spring break. Yeah. It's possible. We'll see. Yeah. It's not really important, but we'll see. Thursday. FP tells Jughead to fight for their family name. <laughs> yeah, Jughead, Chop it up a fist. Jughead believes that if his reputation is destroyed now by these insidious accusations, then his writing career will already be over. So many questions about this whole thing. We're going to get to this, but I have a lot of questions about this plan. So Jughead and Betty appear at Stonewall with a lie detector. They're going to use it on that guy. Well... No, they're not using it on that guy. They're going to use it on Jughead. Because his story is completely true, and it proves... Jonathan, that's his name. That's the guy's name. It proves he's a liar. Which, no, it doesn't. No, and also lie detectors are actually not, like, super accurate. But it is funny that Don is like, no, it doesn't. And Betty immediately goes, you think I don't know that, bitch? It's like, whoa, you came here with a lie detector. (laughs) You went through all this trouble of getting it, and now you're telling me that he's like, we're going to investigate all of you. And as everyone knows, the first first thing you do in this investigation is tell everyone you're investigating them so that they have time to hide the evidence. I can't wait until Betty goes to the FBI in season seven. They're like, we never thought of yelling at them before starting (laughs) the investigation. So Jughead and Betty break into Donna and the other girl's room. The Joan? Uh, so it's Joe, Jonathan, Jughead? <laughs> no. They call him Forsyth, but... Right. Joe, John, Jen, that Can't even say So it. they look for his laptop. They search the uh, squill hidey hole, which... Yeah, of course it's not there. They know you know where that is. 
DuPont's office? Uh, well, in there they find a ready-for-print copy of Jughead's first submission, which is just Riverdale's, Riverdale Season 1. But it's been rewritten, which yeah. I think is funny because that means Jughead's not a good writer. <laughs> like, like I love how he's Let's like... Let's get some other people to do a pass on this. Right. It's like, do you think I wouldn't notice that you took my work but made it better and then you reprinted I was like, okay, so... Uh, okay, you did it? <laughs> so they really do steal material from their students. But, like, this is such a weird thing. They're, like, a very roundabout way of going. Like, I don't understand the Do plan. they, yeah, is, is every book, like, and then we have them come to the cool school, we tell them good things are going to happen, we steal their idea, we rewrite it, and then we, 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 we expel them. Right. Like, is, is this an always, are they always doing this? Wouldn't it be easier just to get a good writer and, like, nurture them and then, like, have them, it doesn't make sense. Mm-mm. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. You could have just hired somebody to do this job. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Are they trying to save money? It's so confusing. That scholarship to the school would probably cost them just as much money. They could make a million dollars. (laughs) One. It's it's a million dollar franchise. There's a lot of money here. One million dollars. So Jughead immediately goes to DuPont and and confronts him about it. Again, stop, stop telling them what you know. DuPont says it's in the contract. Jughead signed it away. They own everything he submits. They let the other kids have a pass at it. The whole class has written this book. The whole school has written this book. But to what end? Teamwork. Doesn't make any sense. Brett. So excited. He got to write a book with Jughead. Oh my god. But like, why are they doing this? It makes no sense. I don't get it at all. It's how they roll, baby. It's such a complicated plan. It's a lot of work. Are they doing it just to get the book? It is a long con for one book. It's a, But it's not even a con. The con is, they could have all just written the book the whole time. It's not that Hardened. Was this what was happening in shipping for years? This is a YA novel. Like, not saying that that's, like, a easy thing to write, but, but like, you could find a writer. <laughs> you don't have to, like, go through all these weird, manipulative sex tape is that not blackmail. How, is that not how book writing works? I, You know what? Honestly, I have no idea now. <laughs> so I everything I thought I knew could be a lie. Well, it's the Ides of March. Betty thinks that DuPont gave Donna Mr. Chipping's tie clip so that she could back up her own story about him so that no one suspect that DuPont drove Chipping to commit suicide? <laughs> We're in love, he gave me his tie clip. <laughs> so Betty meets Donna at Pops, which is a trip for Donna. Uh, <laughs> I know, and, I was thinking that. And tells her everything she has. Here's my entire theory about what you did that's wrong. Uh, and be like, am I right? You have to say it if I'm right. And she's like, You have to tell me if you're a cop. (laughs) (laughs) And Donna's like, no, I don't have to tell you anything. Bye. And then like doesn't eat drink her milkshake, which she ordered and was sitting there right in front of her. It would have been great if she just she took it, she walked out, just dropped it on the floor as she exited. I was gonna be funny if she walked in front of me like, Can I get this to go? It is really good. But like I go to school an hour from here. I need to take this on is, the Amtrak. It's Friday. It's it's the Ides of March. It's the Ides of March. <laughs> I can't miss the Ides of March party. Um, why would she go meet Betty here? Because like, they have the set. But like, why would she? Like, Betty's gonna call her up on the phone and be like, "I have to talk to you. Can you meet me an hour and fifteen minutes away by train?" <laughs> uh, 
no. Can we have this conversation <laughs> on the phone? Can we? Can we just talk now? Uh, Brett hopes Jughead enjoys his last night in their room because he really enjoyed their time together. He really <laughs> thinks they bonded. Jughead tells Brett that he's gonna at the tribunal tell them everything he did to them, and Brett's like, "Wait, what? No, come on, man." Don't challenge me. Like, I know this is our thing, but I'm going to win because I got a sex tape of you. Ugh. All right, now you beat me. Now you beat me. <laughs> this is how we This is how we bond. Uh, but it it, uh, it would ruin Betty's life if you dropped the sex tape. Revenge now, porn is bad. Revenge porn is bad, and I do agree that this would be bad, and I understand completely why this is a problem and why you wouldn't want this tape to get out. But also... This is her having sex with her boyfriend filmed secretly against her will. So I'm kind of wondering uh, who the victim here would be. Like, I feel like people would feel pretty bad for Betty, I hope. It's still humiliating. People would still be able to watch it. Yeah, it's definitely humiliating. But it's also like, like it's, I don't think Betty would like not be allowed to go to college because of this. In 2020. No, but her, like, socially this would just be something that haunts her forever. And Jughead. It would suck. It would 100% suck. I would not want this to happen to me, obviously. No one would want this to happen to them. But, like, he's making it seem like Betty did something wrong. Betty's, like, straight up, like, very, like, guy. Oh, I did not get that impression. Oh, I got the impression that it was, like, ho, ho, ho. Like, Betty's gonna (laughs) not go to I don't know if you know this, but your girlfriend does bad things. (laughs) And I could be like, buddy. (laughs) Or you have no idea. You don't know. (laughs) Yeah, like, Betty, like, literally buried a body. Yeah. Of all the things you could get on tape. She stopped that cult Mm. in an afternoon. You know what would be weirder if they if they were like, and the weirdest thing is, this couple lives together because their parents are married. <laughs> yeah. That well, would be weirder. It, telling, like, a news organization about their, about, like, their home life. Yeah. Now that could ruin someone's life. Yeah. The whole thing is strange. It's all bad. So, DuPont at the tribunal lays out the stakes uh, for Jughead, and he agrees to leave. You should have left a long time ago. FP doesn't understand why he did it. Jughead tells him it's all fixed. I don't know, maybe just tell him what happened. And then, you know, he can go murder Brett. That's why he put on the leather jacket again. I have a lot of questions about this. So Betty figures out it was the sex tape. Oh, sorry. You had, Do you want to ask your questions? No, or? I'm okay. just saying I have a lot of questions. Uh, Betty figures out it was the sex tape. Then Brett and Donna swing by the dorm to invite them to the Ides of March party because Brett's gonna miss him, you know. It's weird to invite he him. He won, and like that means he's losing his friend. He he won, but what did he lose? What did he lose? A bond that'll stay with him forever. Exactly. And Jughead Jughead accepts the invite to the party. Brett Brett's like, cool, invite your friends too. Oh, this is gonna be great. He's either being really chill or he's trying to kill him, right? Mm. No, come on. Brett's just a chill guy. <laughs> chill bro. Chill bro Brett. Jughead tells Betty he has a plan, but first he'll need to take care of the leverage Brett has over them. Next time he sees her, he'll explain everything, and then they have a last kiss. Mm. So there's there's a lot going on in this scene. Don't know when Jughead had the time to think of an elaborate pretend he's dead thing. Right. Jughead suits up in his serpent's jacket, grabs a switchblade, and one of those signature Stonewall prep bunny masks. Those are really scary masks. Yeah, they're fucked up. Yeah, really fucked up. Which brings us to the party. <laughs> it's Summer Night's Dream Times Euphoria party. That's right. 
Betty's gonna go look for Jughead. Veronica and Archie gonna go, quote, mate it. in the woods. No, they said make it in the woods. I heard mate. I heard make it because I was like, I think she said, <clears throat> when was the last time we made it in the woods? Oh, I thought it was, when was the last time we mated in the woods? I think, I think it could be either, but I think it's made it. Yours is much less gross than mine. No, I think mine is way more gross. Really? Yeah. Mate it is like animal stuff. Made it in the woods. That's that is bad, but I do think made it. It's like nineteen fifties, <laughs> like disturbing. But that's the world they live in. Why would she say this? Why wouldn't she? Just Dude, grab- her sexy talk is weird. All episode, she calls him lover earlier. <laughs> I know he did that too. She's like more touching Andrews. Uh, less talking, more touching. What? Why did she was just like Archie? Meet me in the woods, and then winked. Like, wouldn't that have made much more yeah, sense? Or- Get two drinks and meet me in the woods. Right. Just seems easier and less disgusting. Uh, I has no idea what she's talking about anyway, yeah. so. I don't. Made what? My bones? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> this is what he meant the whole time. Jughead enters to hear Brett deliver the fantastic line. <clears throat> Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your beers. Is he British? No. It's like transatlantic No, he's accent. a tool. Right. Yes. Yes, and this is the accent that they have. It's not doing an accent. It sounds like I was trying to do an impression. I'm sorry if it sounded like I was doing an accent. No, I think it sounds like Brett has a vague accent. No, he's got the most flat accent. My name is Brett. Am I doing it? My name is... uh, No, I think you're doing it good. My name is Brett. Yay, that's pretty good. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your beers. That's pretty good. Thank you. But it sounds like he's like vaguely something. No, it... That doesn't. It does. He's, if anything, northeastern. Northeastern. Too northeastern. Oh, boy. (laughs) Jughead approaches Brett in his mask, and Brett's like, what is this? Freaky Friday? I didn't get that. Like, because he switched places? Because I wear... It's my bunny mask. Yeah. Jughead, you stole my bunny mask. Come (laughs) on, man. Put it back. A weird reference to make here. Jughead doesn't say a word, but Brett still offers to, quote, settle this. So is it not Jughead in the mask? Because that's in, in, what I got. We see him put on the mask but then, and walk up to Brett. But then. Let me, we'll get there. Um, they go into the woods and Betty just misses them. Jughead, in a silhouette shot, follows Brett into the woods, takes off the mask, puts on his hat, and turns so we can see a silhouette. And something looks off about a silhouette. I don't know. I think it. I think it's not Jughead at that point. Um, I did see people screenshotting it uh-huh. and being like, "Why doesn't Jughead look like Jughead here?" Yeah, I did not notice that. I'll go back. I and thought. Re-watch. I thought he looked off. You thought it looked like it's not actually him. Yeah, it looked like someone else. Weird. Oh my god, Kevin's dead. <laughs> imagine, imagine if Kevin's wearing the beanie and then they're like, Jughead's arms aren't that big. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh my god, Kevin. <laughs> oh, it's sad that he's dead and we just learned what he looks like, for real. Betty sees Donna walk into the woods and confronts her. Uh, Betty says she doesn't care about the tape, she's the daughter of the Black Hood, nothing can hurt her, she's going to expose all of Donna's secrets, including Chipping's murder. Donna's like, oh yeah, well I met Evelyn Evernever, and I know about your secret second hypnotization words. It's the Ides of March, <laughs> the Ides of March, the Ides of March. Apparently it makes Betty fugue and hurt people she loves, which sounds like a lie. You think it sounds like a lie? It's definitely a lie. I think. Archie and Veronica returned from having sex from 
Making it in the woods. Mating in the woods. Making it. Ugh. And ask where Buddy and Jughead are, and Joan and Jonathan point them into the woods. Donna and Bretta and Donna and Brett line up with them, so they're already back. So it's been a while. Yeah, it's creepy. Which means our entire timetable is based on how long it takes Veronica and Archie uh, to have sex. Huh. I know. I I know. We love all ships equally, but we don't want them to make it in the woods. Or mate in the woods. Either one is gross. They find Betty standing over Jughead's body with a rock. And then we get the scenes from Earl that we've seen already. Of Archie checking the pulse and saying, he's dead. What and did you do, Betty? that's the end of the episode. Oh my gosh. So, he's not really dead. I wish that he was dead, but he's not. I am... I find it frustrating just a little bit, that much of the season was predicated on we're giving you snippets of what's going to happen. This will all make sense when you've seen everything. But then when we get to the actual moment, they're like, but we're also cutting things out here. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes, that's true. Like, at this point, this is the point where you're supposed to give us more information. Give us everything, fill in all the details. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I am... Like, recontextualize the stuff we've already seen instead of just going, and now you're going to watch the stuff you've already seen. I don't... I don't know how to even think about this because I feel like we are missing not only vital information from this scene, like the Eyes of March scene, but also, like, Jughead's plan. Yeah. I don't know if he told Betty. I was hoping we would find out his plan, find out he's not really dead, and then be like, oh, but we have to pretend he is dead now. We have to go through all of this other stuff. Or even a scene at the end, even if we didn't see everything, but at the end... Betty turned to Archie and Veronica and was like, you guys played your parts perfectly or something like that. Yeah. You know, like something else. I mean, maybe he is dead. Who knows? I mean, they, It's been real cool. What they, what they want us to think is they want us to think that Betty killed Jughead because of whatever Donna said. Right. Which also sucks because we were kind of building to a thing where Betty would have legitimate reason to kill Jughead. Yeah. But now it's just hypnotization, which I don't love. I wish this feels like an ass pull. A what? <laughs> like they pulled it straight out of their ass. Oh. <laughs> I've never heard that term. No? No. An ass pull. <laughs> it's funny. I like it. Um, yeah, so I guess Jughead and Betty are still in love. I guess. Everyone's yeah. still in love. <laughs> You're Archie, being and, Archie and Betty, it's still not happening. Do we want to do superlatives? Because I feel like we can talk about... Sure. Uh, class couple, Veronica and Hiram. Of course. Of course. Um, best three-way dance to Dua Lipa. <laughs> yeah, 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 give it to him. Yeah, uh, Tony, Cheryl, and... Uh, Hermosa. Hermosa. Is it, is it Hermosa, like, Hermosa, like, the beach then? Like, is Hermosa Beach? Yeah, man. So it's not Hermosa Beach. Hermosa. Hermosa in oh. Spanish. Hermosa. I cannot say. Maybe anything. we don't pronounce it that way. Okay. Maybe we just call her Hermosa. Hermosa? Hermosa. <clears throat> she says it, Hermosa. Well, yeah, but she's, like, really proud of the fact that she can say it with the right. accent. And we can't do it, so <laughs> let's not. It's not really our place. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, worst, strategi- worst strategy goes to Betty and Jughead Unless. for repeatedly giving up everything they had to their opponents. 
Unless this was all the plan all along. Worst communicator goes to Jughead for not revealing his plan. That uh, if this is a plan, I don't know when he had time to think of any of it. He's he's a great murder because he's the best writer ever. Yeah, I really it just feel like we have to earn that. Like we all like if you actually listen to the narration, somebody like broke down all the narration that Jughead says. As though it was, like, the book he was writing, and it's bad. <laughs> like, it doesn't make narrative sense. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Worst business person, Archie. I mean, like, he's a good person. I understand yes. why he did everything he did, but who he fucked up two. He fucked over two adult men uh, this <laughs> yeah. week. Who oh, really man. needed the money. Poor Tom Keller. <clears throat> Poor Kevin Keller, not going to NYU. Super sad. Where is Kevin? No idea. He may be in the woods dead. We'll see. Right. So this party is happening in the murder woods, I guess. Imagine if the woods are only like a mile radius and it's like everything, like the gay woods are also there. They walk by Sabrina and her plot sometimes. Everything is in the same woods. Yeah. Should should we talk about rumor mills? Yeah, man. Let's, I mean, I felt like we already were a little bit. I know. So obviously he's not dead. Unless Cole and Lily really broke up. Which I don't think they did. Though they did unfollow each other very briefly on Instagram. This so. long national nightmare we're all in. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Will they? Won't they? I think that they are still together. Um, and I honestly think that even if they weren't, it wouldn't make... It wouldn't necessarily <coughs> mean Betty and Jughead also broke up. I think that Betty and Jughead are going to be endgame no matter what happens. John doesn't love it. But he doesn't love all ships equally. Things so. have to grow and change. Yes, they do. You can't just be the same forever. That's not what television is. You know what I think the problem is with the with this the adaptation of Riverdale in terms of the couples? So They're not adapting it. Well, in the comics, Betty and Veronica are not best friends, right? They're kind of more like frenemies. Yeah. And I think the problem is here, they made Betty and Veronica, like, best friends, or at least we're supposed to believe that they're best friends, Mm -hmm. which is fine, but now it's like, you can't really play with the couples because you're going to have Betty, you know, forget Jughead, cheating on Jughead with his best friend, you're going to have Betty hook up with her best friend's, like, very serious boyfriend, like, I don't know, dude. Sitcoms do it all the time. I know, but... If in, if in Friends they were all able to have sex with each other and still be friends... They didn't have sex with each other in Friends. The only, the only people who had sex with each other in Friends were Rachel and Ross and Monica and Chandler. Rachel and Joey. Rachel and Joey never had sex. What? Yeah, they never had sex. They, like, kissed, and they were going to enter into a relationship, but then they tried to have sex, and it, like, was not happening. Oh. Because they realized they were better as friends. How chaste. Yeah, but it also, like, I would have died if they had sex, so. Oh, even though and they, you were already so young at the time. Yeah. So the thing is, like, Joey is apparently, like, very, like, like hypersexual, like, on the show. Uh-huh. But he actually seems like the least sexualized person. Like, he almost seems like a little kid, like, half the time. Uh-huh. So I'm like, I'm not really sure why. Like, I don't want to see it. Anyway. But... Veronica and Betty. I think that it's hard to break up Veronica and Betty more than it's hard to break up Veronica and Archie. Does that make sense? I guess. So, I'm not saying that that's the right way of doing it. I just, just see why. It is my complaint. They just killed Chuckhead. Come on. 
I want new dynamics, new friendships, and I want the greater cast to have something to do. Kevin's dead in the woods. We already established that. <laughs> Kevin is doing tickling videos. We're not really sure what other crazy antics you want them to have. I got no theories for Jughead because the show didn't give me any of the information I would have actually needed to put it together. Well, he had a plan. He did something about the sex tape. He walked in the woods with Brett. Next thing we saw, he was dead and, quote-unquote, dead, uh, and Betty was sitting over him with a rock. And she was apparently hypnotized. So it's pretty obvious that the Squill kids killed him. I don't know how this will be easy or hard to prove in any way. Also, very funny that everything... We saw this leading up to this made it seem like it was just them for alone in the woods that night. And then it's like, right. oh, no, there was a whole party like five feet over there. So so there are two options here. If Only if, two? Well, okay. Here, Here's my thought. We don't know what's happening. We know that they're being watched, right? Because of the watching thing and the tapes and basically this whole season surveillance has been like a big issue. I guess. Yeah, so, those tapes have not come back around. Right, they have not. But let's just say that they know they're being watched. Maybe they discover it. Maybe that's part of Jughead's plan. Whatever. So they... The only thing I can think of is that Archie, Veronica, and Betty are all in on this. You know, Betty or... Sorry. Veronica and Archie are 100% not in on well, anything. That's what I was thinking, but now that I'm thinking about it is what if they know they're being watched in the woods? So How? They I don't know. When? We don't have this information yet. When do they have time in our time frame which apparently is in the future? Unclear. Unclear. But this is They just, even mentioned that they have not hung out the four of them in a long time. No, I'm thinking like minutes before. I don't know. I honestly don't it know. It couldn't be that simple of a plan to tell them within that short of a time period. Okay, so then these are the other two options. Either Betty hit Jughead with a rock or Donna hit Jughead with a rock and then Betty was like in a fugue state and she pretended that Betty hit him with a rock. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Yeah. But if he's alive... I hate that. I hate that there's a second hypnotization word, though. I, I despise it with every passion of my being and I hope beyond hope they reveal that that's not true what if i mean why didn't she just say remember when betty said tangerine 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 she could have just said tangerine 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 again and it like wouldn't and it would be like oh no you're still bad huh? right that's what i was saying because i think they established it yeah tangerine still works to make it a second word i want to die yeah that's ridiculous like- that's so broken it means at any time in this show moving forward they go there's a third word. There's a fourth word. Right. They can just keep making up more. Also, I don't think it really makes sense because don't you have to like program someone to be hypnotized to tangerine, tangerine, tangerine? I don't know, man. Like, I just really, I think I just realized this now. How did they teach Betty to be, how? Like, how did the tangerine thing come to be? Do you know what I mean? Like... Where did they teach her to go fugue state? It doesn't make sense. She was in the farm for a while. I guess. And then there's a second one. Okay. Sure. You mean when she was like being doo-doo-dooed like with Penny? What was her name? Penny? Penny Cooper? Polly Cooper. Polly Cooper. Her sister? Her sister Polly Cooper. Yeah. When she pretended to be like 
what's his face? Uh, she pretended to be Dark Betty. Is that when they hypnotized her with the tangerine, tangerine, tangerine? Yeah, I guess. Okay, just very unclear. Just saying. They never said tangerine, tangerine, tangerine. Oh my god, you're right. Riverdale did. didn't set something up before they did it. I know. I'm just saying. I feel like we found a single plot hole in this otherwise flawless, whole free show. <laughs> Do you want Jughead to be dead? I really wanted this episode to definitively answer that question because we've already been living in a is Jughead dead world. And to make this now be like, oh, it's the scenes you've already seen before with more context, but actually no new context. Nothing that changes those scenes. I... Deeply upsetting. Now I'm just going to be rewatching content I've already seen. Yeah. I don't care if Jughead's alive or dead. I'm going to be honest. I would love it if Jughead was actually dead. Even if they could find another similar Jughead character... To come in, I would just love the fresh blood. I don't like what what is the good ending of this? Jughead beats Squill and gets to publish his own Baxter Brothers book? What is he what's the goal? What does he want? Um, to take down Squill and get justice for Mr. Tripping, I guess. <laughs> this who always believed in him. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my old friend, Mr. Chipping, who meant so much to me in all of our time spent together. Yeah, exactly. You get it. You know how important Mr. Chipping is. Mm. Everyone does. They really I'll always remember up. my favorite Mr. Chipping moment when he... <laughs> jumped out the window? <laughs> jumped out of a window. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you get it. Yeah. I hope Jughead's dead, and I hope Dylan Sprouse comes to the show instead. Dylan Sprouse and his identity. I'm Jarhead. <laughs> oh my god. From the book. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool if suddenly just an identical person to Jughead shows up, calls himself Jarhead, and they're like, who are you? <laughs> That's such a good they idea. They did it with Cheryl's dad already. Oh yeah, they did. I really was sad about that not playing out. And then they just murdered him off screen at one point. Yeah, that guy must be busy. He must be doing like a Broadway show. He must not have been as available as they thought he was. Like, oh man, fuck, I did book something and I am sorry. Buddy, come on. I did book something, but to be fair, I thought I died in the first season. So. (laughs) We missed you. We wanted you back. Yeah. Sorry. I know you Barclay hoped for that, but but this (laughs) this Barclay has to be free. (laughs) His name is Barclay Hope. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah you got it all right uh, yeah no i'm i'm kind of dumbfounded right now i'm excited but nervous as i am in every aspect of my life john what are you looking forward to i am about four or five episodes in a lock and key on netflix now. do you love it i'm having a lot of fun with it, it and i'm rereading good. the comic now which is, it's it's like a remix of the comic book. So I don't know everything that's happening. I like going that. Going into it. It looked really good. I just haven't had a chance to start it, it yet. It's really well produced. Uh, yeah. And the cast is great. Do you know, like, the story kind of behind that? The cast? No, the story behind Lock and Key, the TV series. I knew, I knew there was a failed pilot for, like, the networks. There was a failed pilot that, for Fox. And I think there was a failed pilot for Hulu. Yeah. But they made it for Hulu. Um, this one? They made Hulu. No, they made a lock and key pilot for Hulu, and I think they wrote like five or six episodes, and then they killed the project. Wow. And then they went to Netflix. I would love to read or watch either of those other two pilots. 
I probably have to somebody know, to... To know, yeah, to know, like, what went wrong with them and what went right with this one. This one is really good, but I'm just curious. Have you ever heard of the show The Selection that was on the CW? No. It was kind of like the... You may have told me about it before. It's The Bachelor meets, like, The Hunger Games. <laughs> uh, like, like it's about, like, a prince, set, a prince who's, like, looking for a new bride, uh-huh. and then there's sort of, like, a pseudo... But he's not really a prince? No, he is really a prince. Oh. He's like a, it's it's sort of like a weird like Hunger Games thing. They made a bunch of pilots, and I remember at an internship I watched, I think two of the pilots, like I the read one pilot and then watched another one. But it's always weird watching like um, different versions of the same idea, and I think that's a really fun exercise. So you're like, oh, why did this one work and this one not work? Hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. And I think now they're developing it as a TV sh- as a movie. So it's just kind of... I'm confused. You lost me. There were two different pilots this, that they made for the selection. And uh, neither of them, like, worked. Okay, so... But now they're doing it as a movie. What was the plot of this thing? It's The Bachelor Meets The Hunger Games. Okay, I thought you just described a TV show where people made pilots based off the same idea. Oh, no, but that's a great TV show. It's like Project Greenlight. Yeah, um, we should do that. That would be fun. That's a really good idea for a TV show. You should find a way to pitch that. <laughs> I feel like that would be a lot to produce. Talk to Mark. You have to make a bunch of pilots in this one TV show. Right. While it's also a reality TV yes. show about the making of those pilots. I mean, it can't be more complicated than Riverdale. So. I guess. What are you looking forward to? Man, that's a good question. What am I looking forward to? I'm watching The Sinner. Season three. Mm-hmm. And I just really love that show. And now, um, usually the center is very woman focused. The first season is Jessica Biel is the lead character. The second season, um, Carrie Coon. I love her. She's like kind of the main focus of the second season. As is, I forget her name, but she plays Karen Minty on You. She plays like the detective in season two. So it's like very like female stories. The third season, I think, is really going to go into toxic masculinity. Matt Bomer and Chris Messina are like the two like like leads of the mystery mm-hmm. um and i think that's a really interesting place to start um and yeah i'm excited it's like a car accident storyline this time around it's gonna be cool cool yeah where can they find you john you can find me on twitter at john Padden. you can find me on my blog on my blog the catcher in the rye rye is spelled w-r-y is it the catcher in the rye Yes. Are you sure? Well, not now. <laughs> I think it's Catcher in the Rye. I feel like if you Google the Catcher in the Rye, but yep. you spell Rye, W-R-Y, W-R-Y good you're going to find it no matter what. But now, apparently, I have to actually look this up. I mean, it's just your blog. It's the Catcher in the Rye. Rye spelled W-R-Y. Good pun. Yep. Yep. It is. Um, you find me on Twitter, at Riley Tweets. That's R-E-I-L-L-Y Tweets. You can also find us on Instagram at the Riverdale Register Pod, right? You tell me. <laughs> I think you'll find us. Um, Riverdale is spelled the way you think. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, uh, anything else you got to tell our friends on the on the podcast? What did I have an announcement planned or something? No, I guess you did it. Uh, yeah, over and out, River Vixens.